Hey, thanks for tuning in into the City Life Church podcast. We are a church in San Francisco, and we exist so that people that are far from God will encounter His presence and experience the life that only Christ offers. We pray that this word will challenge you and encourage you in your walk of faith with Jesus. All right. Hey, we're on this series, you guys. We're on this series uh talking about real talk. Like we don't want to be a church that just kind of dances around issues and does our religious thing. We want to live a real authentic life in God. Can I get an amen? And so we've been talking about things that really matter. How do we live our life in a way that isn't just based on what our culture values, what society values, but how do we live our life based on the eternal truth of God's word? Now, as I say that, I preface it with this. There's a lot of Christians who, who, who've gotten a bad rap because people may know the truth, but they have the wrong spirit. Amen? We're just going to go right at it, right out the gate. You can know the truth, but have the wrong kind of spirit. And uh, for us as a church, we don't want to be that kind of people. We want to approach the word of God with humility. We want to be authentic. We want to be real, but we want to have the right spirit. Amen. Because it was the Pharisees in Jesus's day that he rebuked because they thought they had it all together and they missed who the savior was. Now, none of us in this room have it all together. None of us have the entire perspective, but in our pursuit of Jesus, our lives are changed. They're literally transformed. So that's why I love spending these moments on a Sunday morning in the word of God, because the word of God has the power to change us. Amen. Bible says that of itself, it is living and it is active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, meaning the Bible is not meant to be a dull, dry, religious textbook where we get a few principles and learn a few good thoughts. It is meant to be, it is alive because it is God himself. Amen. And sometimes the word of God comes and it just, it just kind of also called a sword. It cuts away certain things in our lives and whatever God wants to grow, he prunes. Amen. So when God really cares about us, loves us, he cuts away things in our lives because he sees what we can become and is not satisfied with where we are right now. Amen. And so uh, I want us to just approach the word of God in that kind of spirit that our faith can be, Lord, I pray that you would change me this morning. I pray that you would show me some things that I did not see about myself or the world that I'm living in or other people, because I know that you want me to be more like your son, Jesus. Amen. The Bible has a lot to say about a lot of matters in life. And again, we've been on this series and we've talked about things like relationships matter. How I treat people matters. We've talked about truth matters. The word of God matters. We've talked about honor. Last week, PJJ brought up the the principle of honor, that honor matters. Not just honor for those in authority, but honor for all people because we're created and made in the image of God. Now, this morning, I want to chat with us for the few minutes that we have uh, this morning on the topic of character. Character matters. Amen. In our day, in our culture, in our life, and really when we look at the word of God and what the word of God has to say about us, a lot of it, it has a lot to say about our character, how we're becoming more like Jesus. See, God has invested everything based on the people or the person we can become. The giving of God's son, Jesus, was also that we could become more like him, that we could become the person that God created us to be, the redeemed you, the restored you, the fullest version of yourself. Can I get an amen? That God wants, like, like there should be something inside of us this morning that says, yeah, I want to be that person. And I think there is for a lot of us. But I think 
also as we go to the word of God, we recognize that the process God takes us through to get to us to that version of ourself is not always easy. He does something called he shapes our character. And living life as a disciple is signing up to say, man, as I follow you, Jesus, I pray that you'd make me more like you. Shave off some of that anger. Shave off some of that anxiety. Shave off some of that depression. Have your way in me so that I could better reflect you. Amen? Character matters. So let's go to the word of God this morning. You'll see this on the screen behind me. A couple of scriptures that I'm going to read and uh, then we'll pray and move on in our message. So Romans 8, 29, you'll see this on the screen in the back. It says this, it says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become what? Like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son. That is the mission of God for us, that we would become more like Jesus now, here's the process, and here's how God does that in our lives, and we're all on this journey together. Romans 5, 2 through 5. Let's read this verse. It says, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Man, if you like to underline your Bible, underline that. None of us deserve it. By grace. And it says this, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, we thank you that in these few moments that we have together, our faith is not in us. It's in the power of your word and in your ability to speak to the human heart and change us. So Father, we pray, let it be God. Have your way in us. God, convict us, change us, challenge us, encourage us, do all that only you are capable of doing. And God, we pray that you would just anoint those warriors, God. <laughs> Steph Curry would shoot those threes, Clay would be on point, and we would win the national championship. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Come on, we got super spiritual at the end there. Pray for the warriors. Uh, I want to share with you a story as we go to the Word of God this morning. And, and uh, one of my greatest memories as a, as a dad and in, as a family has been traveling internationally. How many of you have traveled to another country, been to another place? And uh, I, I, some of my favorite memories have been traveling with my kids to, to other places. We've been to Ecuador. We've been to Nicaragua. Uh, we've been numerous places and the experience itself is amazing different countries and cultures but it was a few years ago we had the chance to go to Nicaragua any Nicaraguans in the house come on somebody yeah here we go so beautiful people beautiful culture amazing time and one of the things we like to do when we're on vacation is go out into uh the countryside or just see like really how do people live in this country how do people live in uh here and so we went out one day and we went out to a region of Nicaragua that's known for its exquisite pottery. And uh, I rem I'll never forget, I got a picture right behind me that I'm going to, they'll put up on the screen, check this out, uh, a picture here. Uh, we walked into this house 
And as we walked into this house, this region known for its exquisite uh, pottery, uh, our kids had the chance, this beautiful Nicaraguan lady, to watch her as she was shaping and forming these bowls, these cups, these utensils, and these things that they would make in Nicaragua. And I brought, I'll, I'll bring a sample maybe at another time, but you can see my daughter here uh, shaping uh, the, the bowl. You can see my son. And we, so we all took turns putting the apron on and molding this piece of pottery. Thing is, this lady was skilled, man. She was like a master craftswoman. She knew how to shape and how to design and how to mold these cups and these bowls to look, to look beautiful. But as you can see in this picture, does that process look clean? No, it's messy, it's dirty, and it's forming, and it's molding, and it keeps moving, and things keep falling off of the clay, and this process does not look glamorous, but it's a process of forming something great for use. Now, obviously, I'm sharing that for the analogy that we see in the scriptures of this, that God is about something in our lives, whether we see it or not, behind the scenes, like a potter, shaping, forming, molding, using situations that we would not pick or we would not choose because he sees the end from the beginning. And as he does that, our confidence, and I want maybe our perspective to shift because this process, man, when we're in it and God's building our character, it is not comfortable. It is not pretty. It is not glamorous. But as we yield to the potter in the process, he starts shaping and molding and making something that he had intended far before we set foot on planet earth. Now the scriptures allude to this when we look at Isaiah 64, verse 8, I love this scripture. Here's what it says. It says, and yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. And what I love about this verse, church, is this verse brings it up very clearly. There is only one potter and we're not it. And that goes against our culture in America, you know, where we, 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 you know, the, um, dreams and values and goals and all the things that we have kind of as this, this independence uh, thing that's all, that all can be good, but it's not good if we think that our lives can turn out just the way that we want them when they're not surrendered. And all God asks for us really as Christians, as Christ followers, as those that are on this journey or considering this journey or, or looking towards this journey is to surrender, acknowledging that there really is only one potter. We get into trouble when we try to take the wheel. Can I get an amen? We get into trouble when we try to control things, when maybe there's some financial stress and we try to take matters into our own hands or there's relational stress and we try to take matters into our own hands and, and maybe when God's trying to lovingly point something out in our lives and we deflect and defend, like we, God's just like, hey, let me help you. I am the potter, you are the clay. And so as we yield and surrender to this process, that's really what God is looking for in our heart and in our attitude. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I love this verse. It says this. It says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, speaking of us, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. God's work in our lives is meant to reveal something, church, that can be poured out to other people. And God is working on us in order to use us. 
So as we start being in situations that are difficult or challenging or maybe stretching for us, there should be something in us as a people that says, man, you know what? I know what you're doing in me is not ultimately for me. God, I know how you're working on me being a person of peace. And the truth is, I am just anxious this week. But God, I know that you are working some things in my life for your good and for my good. As I choose to trust you, I'm going to stay on the wheel and I'm going to let you do what you want to do in my life. Amen? Amen. God is working on you because he wants to do something through you. And what our kind of our, our human thinking sometimes says is, man, I got I to gotta get everything cleaned up in my life before, before I come to church, or I got to get my act right before I really uh, uh, do this and, and take a step in my walk with Jesus. But take it as a compliment if God is some, adjusting some things in your life, amen? Because he loves us. That's his motive. That's his goal. So why is it hard for us sometimes when we're getting worked on by the potter? Why is it difficult for us when God is shaping us? I think sometimes it's, it can be because of our upbringing. It can be because sometimes uh, in the past and maybe in the home when, when there's been uh, discipline or something's being addressed, um, if it's done out of anger, we grew up thinking that maybe in projecting that on God, that if God is somehow uh, pointing something out in us or the scripture on Sunday morning, it kind of convicts us and it hurts that somehow God is angry at us. How many know that is not the truth at all? The Bible says who God loves, he disciplines. Who God actually cares about, he wants to, to, to point out those things so that we can become, like the scriptures say, more like him. More like him. So I want to do this in our few, the few moments that we have together. I'm going to talk about three things, and we're going to go through these real quick. Three key questions we're going to answer in this, in this message. One, why is Christ-like character important? Number two, what does Christ-like character look like? And number three, how does God develop Christ-like character in us? Those three things in the few moments that we have together. But before we dive in too deep, Let's get the record straight this morning when we talk about character. And that is this, church, that there is no such thing, I said it before, as a perfect person, a perfect pastor, a perfect church, a perfect father, a perfect spouse, a perfect child. Come on, somebody. There's no such thing. There's only one perfect model, one perfect prototype, according to the scripture, and that is Jesus, Jesus himself. And so... As we approach the scriptures, there should be something in all of us that says, God, just, just shape me this morning. Just shape me. Now, from the womb to the tomb, we are on the potter's will, church. From the womb to the tomb, he is the one in charge. He is the one how, that knows how to take the rough edges off of our lives. And I thought about this even for us as parents, you know, when we grow up and we see our kids how many of you had kids that when you're talking with them or you're trying to bring, uh, you know, some, some, some correction to them, they just, just, just always were like, oh, yes, Father, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> sure, anything you want, Dad, I'm going to do that. I mean, how, how contrary is that to how we all grow up? When some of the very first words that we learn, those of you that are younger parents, what do you hear your kids say? No. There's another one. Starts with an M. Mine. No. Mine. We see at the earliest stages of our life and our journey the need for God to shape our character. Let's fast forward toward the 
those that are in the, their older season of life. Have you ever met folks that, man, they start, start, start getting older and, man, maybe there's just a tendency to be a little bit uh, crabby, picky, edgy. I'm not talking about you, just, you know, people in general. As they get older, crabby, picky, just, you know, man, you mess with our yard, you may get it. And on the opposite side of the extreme, you see folks that are older in their years. And have you ever met somebody who just has a, a sweetness about them, a tenderness, a warmth? Man, it's just like grandpa or grandma walked into the room. And even if you're not a part of their family, you just, you kind of feel that, you sense that, you know that. What's the difference? I would propose to you this morning that, that, that person has chosen to stay on the potter's wheel, to remain soft, to remain pliable, to remain yielded. This is why the Bible talks to us, you guys, this morning in, in, in the scriptures about guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the wellspring of life. Okay, so let's focus on this. Why is character important? Character is important because it affects every area of our lives. Now think about this with me for a minute. Our decisions, our words, our actions, our attitudes, our goals, our relationships. In fact, any breakdown in life can kind of come back to a breakdown in character. We could think of different examples, whether it be business, ministry, marriages in general. We could think about breakdowns and how that comes back to character. But before we judge, let's remember what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 10, 12. It says this. It says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And uh, I think one of our challenges, and we're, we're familiar with this the past few weeks, one of our challenges in becoming a people of character is that we live in a world that experiences incredible evil. We're reminded of that. We're reminded of that the, the last few weeks. Violence, hatred, racism, murder, atrocious evil. And church, this is why the gospel of Jesus and the kingdom of God is so important, is because only Jesus can change a human heart. Can I get an amen? amen. Only the work of the Holy Spirit in an individual's life can change the trajectory. And so one of the challenges in our growth as we become more like Jesus is that we're immersed in a culture that values something different than what God values. And our values shape our character. So I'm going to show you a screen right behind me, and we're going to talk about a few of these things quickly as we move on, on in the message. Our culture tends to value, number one, starts with an M, money. Our culture values money. My kids say, Dad, you, you make it, we'll spend it. Like, do your chores, kids. <laughs> do your chores. You make it, we'll spend it. But our culture values money. It values money. What does God value? God values, we talked about this yesterday in Marketplace Ministry. Shout out to uh, Johnny and Maria. Amazing time with our business leaders. We talked about generosity. That, that how we use the mon money God has given us to bless other people. That's what's on God's agenda. That's what's on, on God's heart. The second thing is this, possessions. Our culture tends to value possessions. I remember once, I had, one of my vehicles was in Walnut Creek, and uh, I got in an accident, and uh, the, the thing was totaled. So I went to rent a car, 
And um, I looked at the cars that were available, you know, the cheap old small cars that they give you. And there was a shiny red Mustang was over there. And by God's favor, I just, I don't know how it happened. They're like, hey, well, we're all out of these cars, but you could take the red Mustang. And my kids still laugh to this day because I thought I was all that in a bag of chips with the convertible, you know, the, the ragtop down, pumping the music. It just felt kind of good. Come on, how many got a really good car? You're not afraid to share it. Tesla's whatever. And I, I got to admit, it felt good. Possessions, though, does not, in valuing possessions, Jesus spoke about that with his disciples. The opposite, really, of that and what God values is people. The people God has called us to love and influence and impact for him. That's what God has called us to value. Number three, success and fame. It's just a part of it. Who's the influencer? Who's got, you know, this, that, and whatever. Success and fame. Now, what does God value? Truly, as we look into the scriptures, he values fulfilling your calling, your purpose, and faithfulness to the will and the plan that God has for your life. Amen? Yes. Two very different things. But we have to be aware of these things because they impact us on a daily basis. Number four is positions or titles. This is what the world tends to value, right? Go to a party, business party or whatever, ask you your title, what do you do? All of those of us in ministry, we don't want to say it because then instantly everybody shuts down, right? If you say you're a pastor. But positions and titles, we just tend to gravitate towards those things. So what, what is the kingdom of God value? What does God tell us to value? Number four, loving and serving others. Regardless of title, regardless, and, and those of you that serve here on the Dreamtime, Team, props to you. We just mentioned some this morning that, that just serve and faithfully give. And it's that kind of thing that Jesus sees and knows and wants for us. Number five is pleasure. The world, there's this pressure. And it's about pleasure. In the kingdom of God, it's about eternal rewards. Living this short little life that we have, this life that literally the psalmist says is like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. Living life for an eternal reward for how we're pleasing and honoring God with what we do. Amen? And then the last one, and this is where I want to land the plane on the chart, is this. Accomplishments. The world values accomplishments. And yet God, as much as those things are important, values character, the people that we become. Amen? Now notice, all those things that I mentioned, money, possessions, success, positions, pleasures, accomplishments, none of those things in and of themselves are bad. Money's not bad. Possessions, not necessarily bad. God elevates someone to have success or fame, it's not necessarily bad. Positions, titles, pleasure, accomplishments, but it's about our heart. And the call, church, that I, the, the point that I'm making this morning is the call of following Jesus is a call to developing Christ-like character. To saying, God, I want to value what you value. I, I, I don't want to come over here and value what the world values. I want to value what you value. Now, when we look at the life of Jesus, folks, in the New Testament, the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus cared about his disciples' character. You guys remember when uh, they were on their quest for power and Jesus is like, look, man, you've got it all backwards. He who is to become great is to be what? The servant of all. 
He confronted them on their desire for, for money and possessions and said, hey, this is about stewardship and faithfulness instead of living for material things. Jesus, when you look at his life and his journey with his crew, he confronted these things because he was in the process, like we talked about, a potter shaping their lives and their destiny. Another word picture, character is a lot like the foundation of a home. Now, growing up, Washington State, first house with a family, uh, I remember in the Puget Sound Bay Area, we had a house that was built in the early 1900s. And if you guys ever been in a house, maybe the upper level, and you drop a marble, and you watch the marble, and it doesn't stay, it literally rolls down the hallway because it's not level. That was this house, beautiful old house in the early 1900s. And so what we had to do is we had to jack up the foundation of the house, stabilize it, and get it straight so that it would be level. And I, I think about that when it comes to character, that God is always interested in the foundation of our lives because it's the foundation that will allow us to, to be sustained as a people when the storms come, amen? It's our foundation. So uh, check this out. God is, Jesus is more interested, this is the point that I want to make, in the person we are becoming and the legacy we are leaving than the accomplishments we are achieving. He's interested about the journey, the process, as messy it is, as it is in that picture that we saw. He's interested in the shaping, the forming, the molding. And, and I saw, um, the other day I saw something on, on TikTok. I don't get my theology from TikTok, so don't judge me. Don't judge me. But I saw something. By the way, on TikTok, I shared this in the staff meeting. Does this drive... Anybody else nuts when you, when you, if you're on TikTok or Reels or whatever and you see this deep spiritual quote and the other person, like it's a split screen and the other person's just pondering like the quote while this, while the person's doing it. It's just, I'm sorry, it drives me nuts. It's like, I just want to hear the content. I don't need to see you ponder. Like, just let it go. <laughs> anyway, there was one TikTok that was good and it's not, it's not super deep or profound, but I thought it was good. It's very practical. Wake up in the morning and say this, God's will, not mine. God's plans, not mine. God's thoughts, not mine. God's glory, not mine. Now that's the statement of someone who understands and yields to the process of the potter. Some things for us to note this morning, church, is that character is different than charisma. Charisma will take you places, but it's character that will sustain you and hold you. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't allow the gift of God inside you to take you where your character cannot sustain you. And one of the things we need to do is we need to let God shape us in the valleys of our lives so that we don't fall off the mountaintops when we arrive. Amen? Because it's in the valleys of our life where God, the potter, does his greatest work. The farther God wants to take you, the deeper he will go working within you. Amen? So the Bible tells us, point number two, what does Christ-like character look like? If we look at the scripture, we're talking about character. What does it look like to become like Jesus? Like, what does the Bible tell us? So Galatians 5 22 through 25 literally tells us, says this is the fruit of the Spirit. So as you're on the potter's wheel, as you're living your life, 
this is what character, this is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like. And it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everybody said amen and ouch. <laughs> There's no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. The Bible says this is what character looks like. It looks like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all of these things, if you're to put like a, a, a top nine list on what God values, he values these things in our lives and he values the process he uses to develop these things in our lives. Amen? Amen. And the reason why these things are important to God is because these are, uh, in essence, things that come from God. God is love. He is love. The essence of God is love. God is peace. He's the prince of peace, the Bible tells us in the scripture. God would not ask us to be something that he is not. He wants to form these things in our lives to become more like him. But here's one of the challenges, I think, for us this morning, church, is that when God is working on our lives, he'll put us in situations that we probably wouldn't pick to fashion us on the wheel, so to speak. He'll put us in situations where it's difficult to love. Come on, somebody. He'll put us in situations where we have to choose joy. He'll put us in situations and allow us, this is going to hurt type A people, to wait longer than we want to wait to develop patience in us. He will allow situations to frustrate us so that we learn how to respond in kindness. And he'll test us to see if we're being faithful with the things he's given us or whether we'll, be, we'll grumble or be ungrateful. The potter's at work and he takes us through these things to develop our character, amen? So let's go to our, our last verse, our main text. And I want to pull out some things about how God develops character in us. We've talked about why is it important? What does it look like? How does God develop character in us? Here we go. Romans 8, 29. It says, God chooses us to become like his son. Chooses. Now, let's just pause for a minute. God did not save us to give us a get out of jail for free card. Amen. PJJ's talked about that on Sunday morning. He chose us for a purpose to do good works. Actually, the Bible says, and to become like him. And the process of becoming like him is a lifelong process. But God's methods for helping us become like Jesus are found in Romans 5.25. And here's what it is. You guys said it. I read it earlier in the text this morning. It, it says this. Problems and trials develop endurance. Endurance develops character. And character strengthens our confident hope in him. That's the process. Now, church, God so cares about our development, about our maturity, that he uses, he'll use tragedy, loss, 
pain, setbacks, disappointments, failures, all of it to make us more like himself. Amen? So it's easy though, it's easy to, to not lose perspective when things are going right. When life is good, it's easy to not lose perspective, but when the pressures of life hit, that is when the work of the potter is at his best. When the pressure's on. All right, so let's go to our text. I wanna pull out a few, a few points from this. Point number one, it says, we can rejoice too, this is in Romans 5, two through five, when we run into problems and trials. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Point number one is our posture toward trials and problems can be one of rejoicing. Now, come on, guys. Isn't this crazy? Like, how much sense does this make? Rejoice. I mean, it it sounds good. Rejoice in problems and trials. But if we really break it down, let's think about, like, rejoice when your bank account is low and you have to lean on and trust God. Rejoice when there's a painful family conflict that hasn't been resolved. Rejoice. Rejoice when people ridicule you for your faith. Rejoice. Rejoice when you're turned down for the job opportunity you applied for. I mean, these are all examples. Rejoice when you feel overlooked, rejected, alone. The Bible tells us to rejoice. Rejoice when your kids are struggling and, and you may not agree with everything. The Bible says that we are to rejoice, but the fact is there's a reason to rejoice because the potter is at work in the process. Amen? He's at work in the process. So I want to encourage you this morning, just don't Get off the potter's wheel. The greatest tragedies of our lives can become the greatest platform to display God's glory if we allow God to continue shaping us through it all. Amen? If we allow him to. And I want to share something with you. God is custom making something great in your life. He is custom making something great in your life and your story. The Bible says that we are God's masterpiece, that we're created in Christ Jesus for God's work. Your story is not the same as someone else's. Life in God is not like a manufacturing plant where he just stamps us. You got to look the same, got to wear the same shoes, got to do the same things. No, God is uniquely making and fashioning you to do something great. And the process that he uses will be at times the problems, the difficulties, the dilemmas, and the setbacks. Amen? Because he wants to build endurance. He wants to build something in us. I want to encourage you this morning, church, that no tragedy can define you if you just stay on the potter's wheel. Nothing in life, really, if we stay pliable, if we stay yielded, if we stay surrendered. James 1, 2 through 4 says this. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. What I love about God is that nothing in life is ever wasted in God if we don't allow it to be. That he'll take what the Bible says, he'll take whatever the enemy meant for evil and he'll turn it around and use it for good. Amen. Okay. That's point number one. Point number two is this. 
uh, in Romans 5, 2 through 5, it says, For we know that they, problems and trials, help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character. So point number two is have faith that God is building something valuable on the inside of you in the midst of trials and problems and pressure. Now, this is good. Every trial, every problem, Every misunderstanding, every disappointment has the capacity to help us become more like Jesus. So that's why the Bible tells us to, to rejoice. You know, there's, there's been, um, there's a lot of things in life at some point in our journey that just are not comfortable. Because God, one of the values of God is not our comfort. Values of God is that he'll use uncomfortable situations to make us more like him. And some of you, I just want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, man, you, maybe this is a time in your life where things are going phenomenal. And for some of you, that may not be the case this morning. But one of the things I love about the Lord is that Jesus experienced the breadth of humanity so that we could experience a, a richness in our relationship with him through the process. Jesus understands pain. Jesus experienced it. Jesus understands loss. He experienced it. Jesus understands misunderstanding. He experienced it. Jesus understands suffering. He experienced it. Jesus understands abandonment. He experienced it. Amen? So in the pain and in the waiting, God is there. God is there. So I want to encourage you this morning, church, what happened to you? does not define you if we stay on the wheel of the potter. One of the things I like to pray and I think is a key for us as we go through this life and this journey in God is, God, what are you, Holy Spirit, what are you wanting to teach me right now in the situations that I'm facing? What are you wanting to teach me? What are you wanting to do in my life through the things that I'm facing right now? And I, I think we should consider it a compliment when the potter is working on us through these difficulties, through these challenges that we face in life. Okay, last one, number three, and then we'll close up shop. From Romans two, or excuse me, Romans five, two through five. Stay submitted, stay surrendered, and stay in pursuit of God in the process. I wanna encourage you, stay surrendered, stay submitted, stay in pursuit of God during the process. Life is easy, church, when the checks are coming in, when the recognition is given. Had the chance to get away recently. Thank you, Jesus, to the wonderful, beautiful Hawaii. And I gotta say, it was amazing. I woke up in the morning like, what do I do today? I'll go surf. What do I do today? I'll go snorkel. And I was blessed. I was blessed to be able to get away and get refreshed on that trip but it's not real life. It's easy to praise God when we're on the mountaintop or when kids come back from youth conference and they're all jazzed about what God's doing if we're a parent or, or you know, things are just going right. But it's a whole nother thing when, when life hits, when kids maybe are wrestling in their journey of faith, when we're going through a deep season of grief or maybe depression I think God would just remind us and have us know this morning that it, it's during those times that the potter does his best work. 
And if you're in a situation this morning where it's not optimal, it's, you know, for, for all of us, nothing is 100% optimal or perfect, but you're going through some difficulties, some trials, some dilemmas, know that the potter is sh shaping and wanting to shape something great out of that circumstance in your life. And I think if we're honest, church, this is a Real Talk series. Can we just be real? It's tempting to bail out in the process. It is. It's tempting to throw in the towel. It's tempting to, to give up on community or relationships when we start to rub shoulders and see one another's faults and we have to extend grace and forgiveness towards each other. It's, it's tempting to bail on a relationship that maybe hasn't changed in a really long time. It's, it's tempting, to get, tempting to give up on a, on a son or a daughter who may be wrestling with addiction for years and years. And I just wanna encourage you, stay on the wheel of the potter. God will make something great out of life's greatest challenges, amen? Our option when the potter is doing his work is either to get bitter or to get better. To say, God, shape me, mold me, do something in my life. And maybe you this morning, you feel like your life is a little bit shattered and that picture of, you know, the potter fashioning something, your life feels like, man, I feel shattered. I feel like just a lump of clay. It's just like, I don't know what in the world God is doing in my life. I wanna encourage you, just stay on the wheel, stay surrendered. Stay with an open heart to what God wants to do in your life. Check this out, New Testament, Hebrews 3.15 says, remember what it says. Today when you hear, hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. But God, why is this taking so long? <laughs> we say that, why? It's Job, Job lost so much. And Job's own spouse said, dude, once he came down with boils, Job, curse God and die. There's a word of encouragement from your spouse. I mean, it was brutal. The dude lost it all. And yet, in the midst of that, God bragged on Job. Because Job, when he lost it all, worshiped. Be the person, the type of person that doesn't get bitter, but gets better through the storms of life. Amen. I want to read you a verse, and we're going to close up in prayer. Isaiah 45, 9. You can write this down, read it later. Great, great scripture, same analogy. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it saying, stop, you're doing it wrong. Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? What a scripture. It's easy if we're honest to say, God, would you please just stop these problems? Do you really know what you're up to? Because this doesn't feel like it. And I just want to encourage you this morning, church, to say this. Say, God, somehow use this to develop something inside of me. Help me endure. Help me, God. Help me endure so I can be strong in you. Amen? God, this hurts a little, but take the rough edges off of my life. God, take the, take the anger off. God, take the impatience off. God, take the anxiety off. God, take the fear off. God, take these things off of me. Shape me. And God will be faithful to do that. In the process, God.
God is making something beautiful out of your and my life, amen? And I want us to just be able to trust the Lord in that process. I wanna take a moment this morning and maybe you're in here and in the room, we're gonna have two prayers, but the first one is maybe you're in the room and this whole thing about Jesus, discipleship, following God, it's, it's new to you. And the interesting thing about the Bible as we, as we search for God is that the one thing God asks for, whether we've been around the block for a while or we're new to faith, is very simple and it's called surrender. God, I surrender to you. I just, I've been trying things my own way. I've been, you know, trying to fashion my life to be what I want it to be and kind of been, maybe been living according to those values. Lord, I, I wanna acknowledge that, that, that you are able to do something in my life that I, that I cannot do. It's called salvation. And if that's you this morning, and as you even hear the message, there's something in you that says, man, this Jesus, I wanna, I wanna learn. I wanna have a relationship with God. I, I wanna surrender my life to him. I wanna encourage you to respond to the message this morning and pray this prayer after me. It's a simple prayer, but God hears our prayer and he'll change our life and give us grace like the Bible says, to become more like him. So would you just bow your heads with me? And if that's you and you're in the room, you're in the space, God knows you, he loves you, you're here for a purpose. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. God, it's easy for me to take control and try to do things on my own strength and with my own wisdom. But God, I acknowledge Jesus the work that you did in dying on the cross for my sins and paying a penalty that I could not pay so that I could be forgiven and made right with God. So I surrender my life to you now in Jesus' name, amen. Come on church, let's give it up for whoever prayed that prayer this morning. God sees you. It's not about me seeing you, not about anybody else seeing you. God sees you, he loves you. And if that's you, we wanna encourage you. After the service, we have a connection center. We wanna connect with you and help you start your journey. You'll hear about that in just a second. Those of you else in the room and you're here, I wanna do a super quick prayer and I'm gonna turn it over to Aaron. Um, maybe you can relate to this. Maybe you're going through the ringer and maybe you're not. Maybe you're in a great season of your life. But I just wanna pray church that this morning, God would build something in us that no matter what situation we find ourselves in this morning, that we would as a people say, God, my character, my legacy, what I leave on planet earth, that matters. And I see what you're saying and Lord, help me just stay on the wheel. So let's pray real quick. Jesus, I thank you for your goodness and your grace. I thank you, Father, that your love is the thing that shapes us and molds us. And God, I thank you that you use situations, difficulties, loss, pain, whatever happens in our lives, God, to write a story, to write a message that points to your goodness and your faithfulness and your love. And so, Father, as you're custom making each and every one of us, God, we just say we surrender to you, we yield to you, we wanna be a people that always stay on the wheel, that allow you to shape us and make us more like Jesus. So, Father, give us grace, and I pray you specifically give grace to those that are experiencing great difficulty this morning. I pray that you sustain them and uphold them and strengthen them. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Aaron, come on up.